each other. Blog Talk Radio. Fight fans to the two-minute round, your hooks and jabs look at female boxing. We are here once again in 2022 to give you all the news and notes about the professional female boxing world and a little bit of amateur, too. We're going to touch that as well uh, later on in the show. My name is Felipe Leon. I'm speaking to you from Tijuana, Baja California, Mexico, and with us from the north of the Bay Area of Northern California is Mrs. Lupi Gutierrez. How are you doing tonight, Lupi? I'm doing good, thank you. Good. And Mr. Traveling Man from Riverside, well, actually from East LA, but now residing in Riverside, California, in the Inland Empire, Mr. David Avila. David, how are you doing tonight? Very good, Felipe. How are you doing, uh, Lupi? I'm doing good, thank you. How are you doing, David? Good, good. Thank you, David. Well, we're ready to talk some female boxing. There hasn't been a lot of a lot of action inside the ring, but there has been some action outside of the ring, and we're going to touch on that on the fight chatter, and then we do have some fights coming up in our um, upcoming calendar. Our next show is scheduled for February 17th, and we are going to have a very, very special guest tonight, Mrs. Miss Carla Torres. From originally from Puerto Rico, but now fighting out of Ohio. If you did not know, she pulled off a a little bit of an upset this past Saturday from Tulsa, Oklahoma, live on on an ESPN platform, where she actually won a majority decision over uh, Calliope Caroni, better known as Pink Tyson, on a top rank card. So that is our fight result from. Uh, for the last two weeks, there hasn't been a lot of uh, female action, obviously being the beginning of the year, but this past Saturday, January 29th, from the Hard Rock Hotel and Casino in Tulsa, Oklahoma, top rank gave us on ESPN, Calliope Coroni, better known as Pig Tyson, dropping a majority decision to Carla Torres. Carla went into the ring with a 6-6 six and six, uh, record. Now she's 7-6. and six. And it was an eight scheduled eight rounder, 130 pounds. The scores there were 80, 72, 77, 75 for Torres, and then an even 76, 76. David, uh, did you get a chance to watch this fight? And before you answer that question, tell us about your thoughts on the fight. You know, well, I was thinking well, about this. Go ahead. I didn't get a chance to watch it. Before we go to Lupe, did you get to watch it, Lupe? I think you did, right? Yeah, I did. Before we go to Lupe, David. You know, something I was thinking about it is, you know, some, we haven't seen a lot of female boxing on a top-ranked card. Obviously, they have Michaela Mayer sign, who is the WBO and IBF 130-pound champion. We're going to touch on some of those thoughts from Bob Arum a little bit later on the fight chatter uh, regarding female fighting or female boxing. And we've seen Kim Clavel in, 20, in 2020 during the the bubble that Bob uh, top-ranked made in uh in um in las vegas um and then this is i think just the third fight that we've probably seen on the on a platform on top rank in recent years since they signed that espn deal uh third female fight a third female fighter that we've seen in calliope karani and in carla torres why do you think it was this fight that they decided to have on this card i mean do you think it was more of a favor to perhaps Caroni or her manager or somebody in her team more than you know somebody that they would be interested in. Uh, I think I think you're correct. I think somebody talked them into it and to give her a try. That you know, basically TV is entertainment, and they probably told uh, Top Rank that she has an entertaining style. And and from what I saw on the highlights, she does. Um, well, it was, it was somewhat. 
it was somewhat entertaining, but not what we're used to from a from a promotional company like Top Rank. I mean, in recent years, obviously, you know, back in the eighties with um, Christy Martin and and perhaps Mia St. John, where they weren't promoted by Top Rank, or at least they weren't in the beginning. They were actually promoted by Don King. Was Mia St. John was by Top Rank, right, or was it both of yes, Don King? She was both. Yeah, um, you know. I think that the the level of skill that we're seeing now from the female fighters is a little bit uh, higher than what we saw back then in the 80s. But Cleope Coroni, I'm sorry, she wasn't that far off as far as skill. She didn't seem to have all that much skill. And actually, that's why I think Torres was able to beat her despite her 6-6 and record. She looked like the more skillful fighter inside the ring, Lupi. Yeah, she really did. I mean, she just came out. Uh, you know, she was quicker. As she was picking her shots, she was counterpunching. She was doing it all. Um, it, that was a great fight, great skills. Going back to what, if I can just add, um, of did she get a favor or, you know, I think they they liked her look. I think they liked the whole pink Tyson with the pink and the, the blonde. And um, she also said that she has, she's flamboyant and it's not appreciated appreciated anywhere else in the USA and she thought she has that flamboyancy that will carry here. Hmm. I mean, I mean did, but, but did if you that, have the flamboyancy, you you, well, uh, not really. I think her pink and her bows, maybe she thinks it's a little out there. I, I think that if you're, you are going to be flamboyant, whether I think it's the right flamboyancy she's talking about, but if she considers herself flamboyant, She's got to at least back it up in the ring, and I think that's where she fell flat. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't, I mean, I, I think that there are so many other girls that deserved um, the opportunity to show their skills uh-huh. on on a on such a big platform like it is ESPN and on a top ranked card. That I mean, really, she's really not that known. We know her about her because it's our job to know about her, but she's really on the fringes. She hasn't really done much. She has never challenged for a world title. She hasn't fought for a she hasn't won a world title. So I mean I just think that it was a kind of wasted and then she ended up losing. Um yeah. and you know, maybe Carla Torres if she could tell us about it about it when she comes on the line, hopefully in about uh ten minutes and tells us okay. about, you know, if they're gonna give her the opportunity to fight again on a top rank card and, and see what could happen with her. Um so that was the only fight can that happened something? Go ahead. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Can I add something about Pink? Because we were just talking about this. And, you know, she was kind of, she was considered, I think, a lot of people don't know of her. And the ones who do, I think she was considered more a joke or not respected. And then she had that little um, beef with Eddie Hearn that kind of put off a lot of females, boxers and non-boxers, put off. I think that really hurt her. And then all of a sudden she kind of disappeared. Then she signed, she went to Mexico and she was fighting with Barbie. She was working, I mean, she made some good moves with the Alessandro Gelki, and I was kind of a little intrigued to see how this was going to show. So it was kind of a little, it was kind of disappointing. So, like you said, there are other girls who should have been up there, like Carla Torres. Yeah. So um, it just—I mean, I just think there was better, there were better choices there as far as uh, somebody giving her that such a big of a platform, I mean, even. Maybe even Kim Clavel again, who I thought had a very good showing back in 2020, and then we never saw her again, uh, or anybody else. I mean, there's a lot of American females that um, deserve a shot on that on that card. Um, although the Pink Titan does train out of um, uh, Las Vegas, but uh, so let's move on to the fight chatter fairly quickly here uh, while we wait for Miss Carla Torres to call in the. The winner of that fight from this past Saturday at our Hard Rock Hotel and Casino in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and on ESPN. So she's going to give us her thoughts about that experience fighting on such a major platform and major network and, you know, going in there as the underdog and then coming up with their hand race. And, and obviously, and to get to know her a little bit more, how she got into boxing and, and what's next for her. But I uh, just wanted to, uh, this week they officially announced the Super Mega Fight between the undefeated unified and undisputed lightweight world champion Katie Taylor and unified featherweight world champion Amanda Serrano. Earlier this week, they kicked off the promotion at the official press conference at Madison Square Garden in New York. The fight will be held Saturday, April 30th 
and broadcast live on the zone. And also added earlier this earlier this week as well was Franchon Cruz Desern against Erin Sederus for the undisputed title at 168 pounds. Each one of these women holds two titles at super middleweight, and that's going to be on the undercard as well. So that has turned into a pretty, pretty big major female boxing card with two fights um, on there, two female, very important fights on there. And uh, Katie Taylor versus Amanda Serrano is the main event. So, David, I'm sure that you saw pictures, you saw maybe some footage of the press conference. What were your thoughts as far as um, their sizes uh, compared to each other was standing next to each other on the face-off? Uh, the basically, they seem to be the same size. Uh, and Amanda is pretty petite, so it's uh, it shows that uh, Katie Taylor must be an amazing athlete because she's not very big either. And, uh, and so is Amanda. And uh, it's one of those things where people are bombarding me with calls like, who's going to win? Who do you predict? And I tell them I don't know. <laughs> uh-huh. I really don't know it. It's a it's going to be a battle of uh, adjustments to me because <laughs> they're both very good athletes. They're very good at what they do. Yeah, I agree with you, David. I mean, that's what one thing that surprised me from what I saw in the um, in the pictures and the footage is that um, they, you know Amanda even looks a little bit taller, and you know and they were wearing they yeah. weren't wearing heels. Neither one of them. Amanda was wearing uh, sneakers and and. Uh, Katie Taylor was wearing some flats, so it wasn't like an advantage as far as heels or anything like that. So I was pretty surprised that Amanda looked her size. I mean, she looked like a lightweight. And um, yep. and, and same thing as here. You know, I can't – to me, it's a 50-50 fight. It could go either way. It wouldn't surprise me if it went either way. So I think it's one of – it's a very, very, very interesting fight, so much so that I'm seriously thinking about traveling to New York and uh, – and going to the fight. Actually, the tickets go on sale tomorrow, February 4th. Lupi, your thoughts on what you saw from the press conference? You know, I thought, I tried to dissect, like, faces, and I was looking at Katie, and I'm like, I know Katie's socially awkward, but is it that, or was she nervous, or just a little worried? I mean, because this is Amanda that's sitting across from me. This isn't uh, that's what I was really looking at. As for their size, I thought their size was pretty much the same. I thought, like you, it's 50-50. It's exciting. This is the biggest fight in our history. We have two of the best in the world headlining at Madison Square Garden. I mean, stand up, boxing fans. And, I mean, you said they just added Franchon Cruz versus Alan Cedrus. This is just amazing. And I hope you do go. Actually, good thing that you mentioned that because, I mean, I'm so excited and I think that the main event is such a big fight that actually, I mean, I did mention it, but I actually forgot that that fight was happening. Even that fight in itself, David, the Cruz Desert versus Aaron Serridus, one that was already scheduled once before and because of COVID it fell out and, you know, now that Franchon Cruz Desert left Golden Boy Promotions and signed on to Matchroom Boxing, they have been able to make it um, a, a a reality, and we're going to see it on the undercard of that, uh, the zone card on April 30th. Do you have any details as far as why Cruz Desern left Golden Boy? Uh, no, I haven't. I don't have any uh, information about that. I mean, I can only suspect that uh, since uh, Maxwell Boxing does have a lot of. Uh, shows that pertain to women, I guess, you know, she saw an opportunity to go that way. And the fact that a lot of the women in her weight class are in Europe and matchroom boxing has a lot of uh, European boxers. Now, do you think it was, I mean, I know that you have no details, but just as as your experience, do you think it was an easy split? Do you think that she kind of just, made a phone call and said, hey, guys, I don't think this is working out. I think I have a better opportunity for the reasons you just gave, David, to do something over at Matchroom, and would they release her without any fuss? Do you think that's what happened, or do you think that there was a little bit of a of a tug-of-war there for, uh, for that contract? No, I think it's just exactly what you said. That maybe, maybe the contract was up. 
and because uh, there was a lot of contracts up, and there was also some uh, the TV contracts were up too for Golden Boy. So maybe that's just what happened. Just like uh, she decided to switch to go somewhere else. I don't think she had a well. I don't know for sure, but but uh, I think it was just uh, one of those things where the contract ended. All righty. So uh, we'll take the, we'll take uh, this conversation. And we'll take it over again uh, when our interview is over. But on the line with us is, is her manager going to be on with us, uh, Lupi? I don't. That I don't know. I don't think so. But I know she's listening. But you did say that she needed me to translate, right? Yeah, you'd need to translate, yes. Okay, so with us now... She speaks a little English, but mostly Spanish. Okay, so with us now from um, Cleveland, Ohio, or or in its vicinity, is Miss Carla Torres. Let me uh, punch her in right here. Buenas noches, Carla. ¿Cómo te encuentras? Buenas, buenas, buenas noches. Me encuentro sumamente bien. Gracias a Dios y ustedes. Muy bien, gracias Carla. Si quieres eh, hacer la entrevista en español, yo te, con mucho gusto lo puedo traducir, si te sientes más a gusto. Y este, yo me llamo Felipe León, soy el co-afitrón de aquí, el programa de, de Two Men Around, donde hablamos solamente del boxeo femenil. Y con nosotros también está David Ávila y Lupi Gutiérrez. Entonces, la dinámica es que le paso la batuta al señor David Ávila, él te hace las preguntas y luego sigue Lupi y luego yo termino. ¿Está bien? Okay, David, there you go. You have Miss Carla Torres on the line with you. I'll be doing the translating. Okay, hola, uh, Carla, how are you? Hola, um, me encuentro sumamente bien, gracias a Dios. ¿Y ustedes? Sí, sí, sí. Bien, bien, bien. Estoy en California. Uh, Car- Carla, so tell us... Okay. Well, go ahead, David. Go ahead, because I think everybody just figured out that she said how she was doing. She's doing great. Okay. Um, first, um, how did you start in boxing, and where did you start? ¿Cuándo empezaste a boxear? Uh, y don, ah, entonces, si quieres contestar, si, si puedes entender la pregunta, perdón, por interrumpirte. Si quieres contestar en español, y yo la traduzco, y, y que, que te haga la pregunta en inglés, y la, ya la puedes contestar, por favor. Ok, no hay problema. Pues yo empecé aquí en, en, en Cleveland, Ohio, cuando tuve mis apenas mis siete para para ocho años. Ah, um, she start. Okay. Y, okay. No, 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 no. Adelante. Si quieres terminar todo eso, yo yo estoy okay. escribiendo aquí notas, sí. Okay, perdón. Pues yo empecé cuando tenía para de siete a ocho. Uh, con mi coach Roman empecé a, a, este, haciendo este amateo peleas de amateos uh, y solamente um, hice como mis 25 peleas amateos aquí en Cleveland Ohio. She said she started around seven or eight years old and she did actually 25 uh, amateur. Uh, fights there in Cleveland, Ohio, and that's where she began to box. And what got her interested in boxing? Was there any particular reason, or was there a family member, or uh, what intrigued her about boxing? So, entonces, ¿cuál es lo que te interesó del boxeo? ¿Hubo una razón, un familiar que boxeaba, o cuál fue la razón que te interesó tanto el boxeo? No, yo cuando vivía en Puerto Rico desde muy chiquita, yo siempre estaba peleando siempre mucho uh, en la calle, como se dice en Puerto Rico, pero lo más que me llevó a bocear y cogí el, el boceo y le cogí amor y terapia fue porque um, yo desde muy jovencita me crié con mis hermanos porque habíamos perdido, yo había perdido yo y mi hermano habíamos perdido a nuestra mamá desde muy joven y desde que yo cogí el boceo y desde que yo empecé a bocear yo lo cogí y como una terapia, lo cogí como una terapia y, y lo empecé a querer amar hasta el sol de hoy, gracias a Dios es lo más que amo hacer She said that she just took it up, she always like fought in the streets she grew up with her brothers because they uh, they uh, lost their mother at a very young age. 
She just loved it from the very beginning. She uses it as a therapy uh, back then and even now. And uh, she just loves the sport and loves to box. And how did her family uh, move from Puerto Rico to Cleveland? And why did they choose Cleveland? ¿Cómo llegó tu familia de Puerto Rico a Cleveland, Ohio? ¿Y por qué eligieron a Cleveland, Ohio? Pues, le puedo contar, yo, yo somos ocho hermanos, entonces mi, yo me crié más con mi hermana pequeña mi, mi, y mis dos hermanos que eran un poquito más mayor que yo, entonces mi, mi tres, perdóname. Y, pero entonces mis otros hermanos, los otros tres hermanos que tenía, ya estaban ya viviendo aquí en los Estados Unidos. Y cuando um, perdí a mi mamá, pues mi hermana mayor, que fue la que me crió, pues ella se encargó de bajar a Puerto Rico y, y, y quedarnos, y quedarse con los tres hermanitos pequeños que ella tenía y echarnos para adelante, echarnos para adelante, nos trajo para acá para los Estados Unidos para pues para, para echar para adelante y gracias a ella pues somos quien soy quien soy hoy en día me entiende sí y, y su hermana la mayor que la crió usted y ella vivía en Cleveland sí ella ya ella vivía en Cleveland y ella era ya ella era mayor ya ella tenía su vida por acá okay So she's one of eight brothers and sisters. You know, she grew up with like a younger sister and two older brothers, like slightly older than her. When, when her mom passed away in Puerto Rico, her older sister, who already lived in Cleveland, went and got her and then raised her from then on. So she ended up in, in Cleveland because that's where her older sister, who is the person who, who made her who she is now, lived in Cleveland. For for many years, I've followed uh, her career, and I've I've seen her. Uh, well, I, I've heard her about her training in Las Vegas and other cities like that. And other fighters would talk about her and say that she was very very good. Uh, how did she end up uh, traveling from city to city and training in different places? And you uh, know why was she training in those different places? Dice David que él ha sido tu carrera desde hace mucho tiempo y que siempre escuchaba que hablaban de ti en diferentes gimnasios y que entrenabas en Las Vegas y en otras ciudades y que siempre mencionaban que eras muy buena peleadora. ¿Cómo llegaste a viajar y entrenar en diferentes ciudades eh, de los Estados Unidos? Ah, yo, este, de verdad, dígala es que que me da, de verdad, me da mucha, me da, que la, la agradezco que me, me haya seguido por tanto tiempo, pero este creo que no lo, han, no lo han dicho bien. Yo nunca, nunca, nunca este, había entrenado en Las Vegas, pero eso sí, me mantenía siempre entrenando, pero nunca salí para entrenar a Las Vegas, Nevada, nunca. Oh, she says, thanks you, David, for following her career, but she says that she has never trained in uh, in Las Vegas, Nevada, so they might have her confused with somebody else. Oh, did she ever train with Layla McCarter? ¿Usted entrenaste con Layla McCarter en un momento? Oh, no, esa, yo tuve el privilegio de compartir con Leila Macarta porque para ese tiempo cuando yo era jovencita cuando yo firmé el, el, el manager de ella era mi manager so, ellos sí se encargaron de, de ayudarme un poco pero nunca entrené con ellos en su gimnasio ni nada una de mis favoritas peleadoras también She says that Leila McCarthy is one of her favorite fighters, but that at one time her manager, Leila McCarthy's manager was her manager as well, and that they helped a little bit, and maybe she, she didn't really train in Las Vegas, but she might have been out there, um, but she never trained in Las Vegas, but she does know Leila, and, and she's one of her favorite fighters. And, and this, this is my last question, um, uh -huh. and then I'll switch it over to Lupi. Um, she's always fought very, very tough opponents. She's never had an easy easy fight in her whole career. Uh, why was that? Was there any reason that she always had these very super tough opponents? Pregunta David, que siempre has eh, enfrentado a rivales muy, muy duras. Nunca has tenido una, una pelea fácil en tu carrera. ¿Por qué, has, ¿Qué es la razón, eh, 
sobre eso? Pues este, nunca he tuvido un... Gracias a Dios, con, con, el, con el manager que tengo ahora y con el equipo pequeño que tengo ahora, me ha mantenido, pero creo que es porque nunca he tenido un promotor que se ha fiado en mí y, y, y le ha importado mucho en mí, ¿me entiendes? Yo, pues, yo de verdad, yo he tenido todas estas peleas bien duras, ha sido porque, pues, yo tengo corazón para pelear con cualquiera, ¿me entiendes? El error, yo he hecho, yo he cometido muchos errores, pero, pues, la, Dios hace las cosas por algo, Dios hace las cosas por algo y, y nada, este, fue que eso, que se puede decir, yo empecé bien jovencita, firmé jovencita profesional y yo por pelear porque yo no me le quito a nadie, ¿me entiendes? Y tú me dices un nombre ahora y te peleo con cualquiera y creo que eso fue el error que yo cometí, pero nada, este, me gusta pelear y eso es lo que yo hago, eso es lo que amo. She says that she's never had, you know, thanks to the to the team that she has now and the manager she has now, she has been, you know, been a little bit more active, but she's never really had a promoter that has, you know, supported her and she just loves to fight. You know, she'll fight anybody and anywhere, anywhere that they ask her to. Um, so that is the reason why she's had to fight, but, uh, but she, she loves to fight. So when she gets offered a fight, she takes it. Okay. Well, thank you very much, Carla. I'm going to pass you on to Lupi. Te da las gracias, Muchas David. Gracias. Y ahora le pasa la batuta a Lupi Gutierrez. Lupi, go right ahead. Hi, Carla. Congratulations for the upset of 2022 so far. And Qué felicidades por el desafío. Go ahead, Lupi. Sorry. Muchísimas gracias. Do people call her Carla or does anyone call her Star? Alguien te llama yes, Star? Es supuesto que me estar, pero no, no importa, no importa. Mi, no, mi nombre de verdad es, es Carla, pero pues no me está malo. Me pueden llamar Carla. Star? I like Star. Ok, ella le gusta Star, te va a llamar Star. <laughs> Thank you, Thank Star. You. Of course, you come from a place, Ohio, Cleveland, Ohio. I mean, you have the pick of the gyms and the trainers out there. How did you choose yours? Que en el Cleveland, Ohio hay muchos gimnasios, hay muchos entrenadores. ¿Cómo llegaste a, a elegir eh, tu entrenador que tienes ahorita? Pues yo este, elegí mi entrenador porque yo desde chiquita mi, mi juego favorito era básquetbol, eso era lo mío. Pero este, iba en un, a, a un gimnasio que yo jugaba básquetbol, hacía, este, hacía de todo, de todo el deporte. Y un día estoy caminando con mi hermana, con la que me crió, y en un cuartito vi este señor que hoy en día, gracias a Dios, todavía mi entrenador, se llama Edwin Román, este, lo vi, lo vi entrenando, y desde que desde que vi a ese hombre entrenando, me metí y de ahí me quedé, entrenando con él. She says that when she was a little girl, her favorite sport was basketball. So she loved to play basketball, and she was walking with her sister who raised her, and they walked by the gym, and she saw Roman, who is her trainer now, and she just looked through the window, and she liked what she saw, so she went in the gym, and she just stayed there, and that's her trainer to this day. Oh, nice. So so she has 25 amateur fights with this guy. Um I tried to find information. I couldn't. Did she fight for USA Boxing? Did she go to any national? Tuviste 25 peleas amateurs, pero peleaste en la organización de USA Boxing. Fuiste a torneos nacionales o algo por el estilo? Ah, cho, este, ojalá, pero no, no, no fui a, fui mucho, mucho a pelear en Puerto Rico. Eso fue lo que me ayudó como experiencia. Sí. Yo, yo fui varias veces a Puerto Rico a, a pelear mucho en Puerto Rico y eso me eso me dio mucha, mucha, mucha sabiduría para aprender mucho el poseo porque en Puerto Rico se pelea a cuatro días. So, no pude ir, no, no hice nacional. Yo lo que sé es porque, pues, gracias a Dios, él me enseñó lo poquito que sé pelear. Yeah, she says that she didn't get a chance to fight any national. She did a lot of her amateur fights 
um, in Puerto Rico because they fight very often there. So she would go there and do it. But unfortunately, she did not fight uh, as far as like in nationals or anything like that. Okay. Um, I have to know um, at the weigh-ins. So everybody saw the weigh-ins when she pushed Pink Tyson. But what I want to know was, was it Pink's hand reflexes when Pink raised her hands a little bit? Or was she pushing her with her forehead? And does she know that it made every news source? Ahora, habla del pesaje donde se dan el empujón y la pregunta es que si fue que ella te empujó o tú le estabas empujando con la cabeza o qué fue la razón por qué se dieron o porque tú decidiste empujarla. Y si te diste cuenta no, que, es, que, lo, sí. que lo vieron, que toda la gente lo vio, que todos los noticieros eh, enseñaron ese video. Pues, ¿cómo te explico? Yo cuando... Me, me mandan lo oponente con lo oponente, lo oponente con quien yo voy a pelear pues yo este le, en mi coach es el que se encarga de, de, de ver cómo ella entrena pero esta pues, esta vez a mí me dio como que algo en el pecho como que la como que la revisé y entonces al yo revisar la Pink Tyson este ella no hace eso ella ella ha hecho eso varias veces en sus peleas. Ella cuando se pesa, ella como que trata de intimidar, intimidar a otra a la otra boxeadora y le mm. pega a la frente y la reempuja a la otra boxeadora. So yo sabía por dónde ella venía. Ella ella sí me por ella me empujó con, con la con su frente, la pegó con la mía y me empujó y más me iba a empujar con las manos. So yo reaccioné rápido y la empujé a ella. Yo soy una peleadora muy, muy humilde, no me gusta hacer eso, me disculpé con, con todo el mundo, con Charran y todo eso, pero tenía que hacerlo porque para plantar el respeto, porque ella no es, ella no respeta. She says that, you know, when usually her coach is the person who, this, you know, checks out the fighter and, and, and gets ready to the strategy, but for some reason she felt that she needed to see uh, videos of Pink Tyson, and she saw these videos where she would do that all the time in the weigh-ins, where she would, you know, put her head to the her opponent's head to intimidate and then push. So when she saw her doing that to her, she was ready for it, and she pushed her back, you know, to 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 ask for the respect that she deserved. And she mentioned that she's a very humble and very respectful fighter. She doesn't do that kind of thing, and she actually apologized to Top Rank and everybody there but she had to do it because she had seen it. She knew it was coming, and she had to put her foot down and, and, and um, ask for the respect that she deserves. It set the tone for the fight. Dice Lupe que eso fue como que dio la, puso la, la, el, la, el nivel de lo que iba a ser la pelea, ¿no? Sí, muchas gracias, sí. She came out guns blazing. I mean, she was quicker. She was countering, picking her shots. It didn't seem like Pink was a heavy hitter, more a wild puncher. Um, so did she have anything behind those punches? And what did she think when Pink went southpaw on the seventh? Dice que saliste tú con todo el, el ritmo al principio de la pelea, eh, contragolpeando, escogiendo tus golpes, y que no se ve como que Pink Tyson tiene mucha pegada, más bien eh, tira golpes, eh, es más como fajadora. Entonces, ¿qué, si te pregunta que si sentiste el golpe de, de Pink Tyson y qué pensaste cuando Pink Tyson se convirtió en zurda o se cambió a la guardia zurda en el séptimo asalto. No, para nada. Ella en ningún round a mí ella me afectó. Yo no sentí ninguna fuerza sobre ella. Uh, Inclusive, yo podía hasta lastimarla más, ¿me entiendes? Pero eh, yo este, lo cogí suave, fui más inteligente, fue mi primera vez estando en la televisión y quería dar buena pelea para, para todo el público. Quería que yo quería durar los ocho rounds para que el público y el mundo entero uh, supiera quién yo soy. Ah, y cuando ella se me cambió este izquierdo, no no me intimidó porque yo lo había estudiado ya con mi, con mi entrenador. Eso es lo que ella hace, se cambia, y pero no tira, no tira mucho izquierdo, no tiraba. She, she didn't feel her punch at all. You know, she felt that she could have even hurt 
pink Tyson more, you know, if she wanted to, but she kind of wanted to take it easy because she wanted to go the eight rounds. It was the first time on TV, and she wanted to showcase her skills for everybody to see. And when she flipped over to Southpaw in the seventh, she kind of was expecting it because they had seen that. Her and her coach had seen that she does that mm-hmm. in her fights. But one thing is that she doesn't really throw a lot of punches at Southpaw. She just switches, but she doesn't really throw, so she was ready for it. Oh, nice. You have a really nice boxing resume. In 2011, you lost to Ronica Jeffrey. Then you beat her in a rematch for the WIBA in 2014. So who was the Carla Torres who fought Amanda Serrano in 2013 and the Carla Torres today? And also the same for who was who fought Jessica McCaskill in 2017 and who is she today if she was to take those rematches? Dice que tienes eh, un buen currículum. Eh, peleaste contra, perdiste contra Ronica Jeffrey en el 2011 y luego le ganaste en el 2014 por el título eh, de peso mosca y también peleaste contra Amanda Serrano en el 2014 y Jessica McCaskill en el 2017. Entonces, ¿quién era Carla Torres del 2014 que se enfrentó a Amanda Serrano y Jessica McCaskill en el 17 y la Carla Torres de ahorita? Pues le puedo explicar de que cuando yo cogí la pelea con Amanda Serrano, era yo era súper joven. Entonces, este, tan, este, el equipo que yo tenía no era el que yo tengo ahora mismo, ¿me entiendes? Uh, uh-huh. Yo, el, el equipo que tenía anteriormente, en, este, de, en vez de ellos cuidarme y decirme que no, que no cogiera esa pelea, pues no me dijeron nada. La cogí pues pensando que pues, la podía ganar y no fue así. Pero la pelea de Amanda Serrano, la gente no sabe tampoco, fue que me pararon la pelea porque ya me dio un cabezazo y empezó a botar sangre y fue todo normal. Eso le pasa a cualquiera y pues yo no puedo estar, yo no pienso en el pasado, ¿me entiendes? Yo soy una persona bien positiva y y creo que en el mañana vendrán cosas mejores, ¿me entiendes? Ah, sí. La pelea de Jessica, de Jessica, ah, también me pasó lo mismo, también me pasó lo mismo, fue son errores que uno comete, ¿me entiendes? Como, como errores que uno comete en la vida, que pues uno la supera y uno sigue echando uno para adelante, uno, uno puede mirar en el pasado porque el pasado no vuelve, ¿me entiendes? Ese tiempo nunca va a volver. Y pues así yo lo cojo, yo siempre lo cojo, estoy en positiva y nada, la carga de ahora es que yo estoy puesta para lo mío, este, si ojalá, si me, si Amanda Serrano, este, me diera esa, la oportunidad de pelear con ella otra vez, también Jessica, pues ahora es muy diferente, ahora yo tengo, este, estoy más, soy más madura, she says that when she took the Amanda Serrano fight, she was very young. She was with a different team that wasn't looking in her, for her best interest. So she ended up taking the fight thinking that she could win. And obviously it didn't happen. She feels that, it, uh, you know, she was hit with a headbutt in that first round and there was a lot of blood. So they stopped the fight. Uh, but she doesn't look back. She's a very positive person, and she doesn't like to look back. And the same thing with Jessica McCaskill being young and with not the, the right team. But now, you know, she's a lot more mature. She's a lot more intelligent. She has a better team. So if down the road Amanda Serrano or Jessica McCaskill were to uh, give her a rematch, she would happily take it, and I think she thinks it would be a different fight. Okay. Um, what does she think of the girl, the next generation of girls coming up? Um, she has out of Cleveland, Ohio, O'Shea Jones, who took home a bronze from the Olympics. What does she think? ¿Qué es tu opinión sobre la nueva generación de boxeadoras que están saliendo de, de Ohio como O'Shea Jones, que ganó una medalla en las Olimpiadas? Ah, pues nada, creo que, creo que son esta generación que está saliendo ahora, eh, son jovencitas brillantes, son este, jovencitas brillantes que uh, lo están dando todo. Este, me siento muy orgullosa de ella. Um, creo que son tremendas peleadoras y sé que en el futuro van a ser alguien, van a ser alguien brillante. She feels that they're, you know, they're stars already, that they're, uh, 
you know, they're very good fighters coming out of there. She's very proud of them, and she feels that in the near future, they're going to do great things in, in boxing. Nice. You know, she touched on her sister a little bit in her past, and I, this is my last question. I just wanted to get a little personal and just ask her, what does she remember of her mom, and what does her sister mean to her? Dice que es su última pregunta de Lupi, luego me daría la oportunidad a mí, pero ¿qué es lo que recuerdas de, de, tu, ma, de tu mamá y qué piensas de, de tu hermana quien te crió? Pues, uh, esa pregunta es muy importante porque mi mamá, pues, todavía lo es, ¿tú me entiendes? Es todo para mí, mi mamá era una mujer buena, una mujer respetuosa, una mujer que siempre quería a sus ocho hijos y pues trató de hacer lo mejor para nosotros y pues nada mi, mi, mi hermana yo la yo la amo con todo mi corazón ella es como mi segunda mamá y siempre hizo lo mejor por verme bien y a mis hermanos y gracias a Dios hasta el día de hoy estamos bien nunca she says that uh, her mother was a good woman you know she did everything that she could for her eight kids and even though she's not here with her anymore she uh you know she still thinks about her all the time and it's part of her life and as far as her sister i mean she loves her with all her heart she raised her made sure she didn't uh, means everything to her and you know because of her she didn't take the streets or to anything like that so you know it she means everything to to her it was great talking to you. You have you're a great boxer. You have a beautiful story, and you deserve all the best from here on out. Thank you. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Ohio. Algo que one thing that I saw that kind of went viral was a really fun snippet of the fight where she said something to um, Michaela Mayer, who was doing the international um, co- uh, commentating with uh, Christina Poncher. So I'm going to ask her, what was that, what was that um, um, interaction with Mayer and, um, and if she had thought about it before she even got in the ring? Carla, una cosa que vi en las redes sociales y me hizo algo muy gracioso fue ese intercambio que tuviste con Micaela Mayer que estaba ahí a, a, en el ringside. ¿Qué, ¿Qué fue lo que se dijeron y si fue algo que tú habías planeado antes o se te ocurrió en el momento? Oh, este, no, no, yo no lo, yo no, yo solamente pues le dije que, que hola, que sé quién ella es. Eh, una muchacha bonita, le dije que es una muchacha bonita y que pues pues con un futuro pues obviamente ella es el mismo peso que yo quisiera pues o también la oportunidad de estar en el ring compartir el, el, el cuadrilátero para que nos vean pelear she said that she she didn't plan it but she just said hi and you know being that she's in the same weight class she said that um you know that she told her that maybe they could fight in the future so that way they could you know, people could see them fight, and uh, she, and that uh, she thought she was a, a good-looking woman in uh, uh, Michaela Mayer. So she didn't plan it; it just came was part of the moment. Ahora, eh, Carla, de esta pelea venías de pelear en mayo del año pasado del 21, y también le ganaste a alguien que quizás no eras la favorita en Irlanda, Iranda, Paola Torres in Texas, ganándote una decisión unánime a ocho rounds. Uh, she fought last year in May 2021 against Irlanda Paola Torres, winning a fight that maybe didn't a lot of people didn't expect her to. So my question to her is, which of the two fights was she more ready for, and which one did you see that she thinks that it was the easier one? ¿Cuál de las dos eh, combates de Paola Torres o la de Pink Tyson eh, estabas más preparada y cuál se te hizo más fácil? Ah, pues, obviamente, yo estaba preparada para las dos peleas. Gracias a Dios que, bueno, eh, me dio la victoria porque estaba bien preparada. Pero la pelea más fácil que se me hizo de entre ellas dos fue la de uh, Pete Tyson. 
yo le doy mi respeto a Paola Torres porque esa mexicana es tremenda goceadora. She said that she was prepared for both of them because thank God she was given enough time to get ready for it. And from the two of the fights, the easier one was Pink Tyson because Irlanda Paola Torres is a is a great Mexican fighter. She's very good. So the the easier fight for her was Pink Tyson. And then my last question is going to be, you know, the inactivity. She's fought 2010 one time, 11. She didn't fight her 12 or 13. She fought in the 14. She thought she fought twice in 14. Once in 15, none in 16. So there's been a lot of spurts of inactivity, so I'm going to ask her the reason. Carla, la mi última pregunta para ti. Este, obviamente nos has contado que empezaste a un muy joven edad a boxear a los 7, 8 años, que has estado uh, haciendo este deporte eh, por mucho tiempo, pero como, y como profesional has tenido mucha inactividad. Este, no peleaste en 2012 ni en el 13, no peleaste en el 16, no peleaste en el 20, solo, has pele solo peleaste una vez en el 21 y llevas una pelea, obviamente ahorita acaban empezando el año de 2022. ¿Por qué ha habido ese esa inactividad en tu carrera? Y dos, ¿qué sigue para ti? ¿Podemos esperar ver más Carla Torres en este 2022? Pues, uh, como le estaba diciendo, pues yo, yo estoy, yo nada más prego con mis manejadores. Uh, no tengo un promotor que, que esté para mí, que, que me cuide, que, que me consiga pelea, por eso estuve desactivada mucho en, 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 en esos últimos años. Um, y pienso yo que ya, ya es hora de que pues me den una oportunidad, hay quien se fíe en mí y, y vea mi talento, vea, vea mi talento y pues nada, el, el, este 22... Yo lo que quiero es pues seguir echando para adelante con el con, con el favor de Dios primero. Si me da primero la fuerza, primero vamos para encima. Y esperen, esperen mucho más de mí. Eso es lo que yo quiero. Quiero brillar. Yo quiero pelear y seguir para adelante. She says that, you know, like she mentioned before, you know, she's always had, she's had managers, but she's never had a promoter who would help her with her career and take care of her career and, and offer her fights. So that's what she's looking for in 2022. Hopefully with this fight, somebody will uh, pay attention to her and, and give her the opportunity to fight more often because that's what she wants to do in 2022. She wants to keep fighting and winning and shining. So that is what she's doing. She's looking forward and being positive as far as uh, the next year. Carla, te damos las gracias de estar con nosotros. Danos un poquito de tu tiempo. Muchas felicidades por tu triunfo de este pasado sábado y te deseamos todo lo mejor. Muchísimas gracias a ustedes por darme el privilegio de poder compartir un poquito acerca de mi vida y no tan solo de mi vida de poseo y, y nada, y solamente quiero darle un saludito a Split TV Manager en Park Boxing, a Boss Lady Promotion en Station New York. Que gracias, gracias por todo y gracias por apoyarme. Pues she says thank you for everything, thank you for having her on the show. She gave out her shout out y and, uh, thank you for uh, Supporting her. Okay, Carla, muchas gracias. Te, te, te deseamos unas buenas noches y te cuidas. Igualmente. Bye. Okay. Buenas noches. Bye. Bye. And there you have it, folks. Miss Carla Torres from Cleveland, Ohio, originally from Puerto Rico, who is just coming off a great win this past Saturday from Tulsa, Oklahoma, beating Calliope Pink Tyson Karani on the ESPN. She won a majority decision eight-rounder in a fight that she pretty much dominated from um, from from the opening bell to the to the last bell. And it's you know her story. It's a great story. I mean, you know her family, the way they were able to stick together. But it's a story yeah. where we not it's not unique to boxing where you know you have a good fighter, a fighter that's been fighting for you know for her whole life. But because of circumstances and, and wherever the case may be, she doesn't get the support that she deserves. Because I was watching the fight and, you know, Andre Ward and, and uh, Bernardo Suna and, um, and Timothy Bradley, who were the commentators, they were just loving the way that she was taking control of the fight and counterpunching, like Luffy yeah. mentioned, and picking her shots and pretty much doing whatever she wanted with Pink Tyson. And like she mentioned in an interview, she could have probably knocked her out 
but she decided to kind of like take it easy and, and, and get those eight rounds in, David. Well, David, you actually, you should check out the fight when you get a chance. You might find it on YouTube because it's really good showing from Carla Torres. David, you there? You losing? David. Am I, are you on mute? Oh, yeah, I was on mute. I'm sorry. Oh, there you go. There you go. Yeah, I've been, I've been told by a lot, of, a lot of people that she's very skilled. And I've seen, uh, I think I saw her fight with Garula. I'm not sure. But uh, she's a very skilled fighter. Yeah, she fought with Garula back in 2015, winning a unanimous decision in uh, in Canada. Wow. So going back to um, April 30th and the fight chatter, David, do you think that Franchon Cruz-Desernes against Aaron Serrano's fight is a 50-50 fight like Taylor Serrano, or do you feel that one of those two has the edge? Oh, uh, that's a good question. I think um, one one thing that I'm not trying to pick on anybody, but Cedarus uh, wears a protector that goes all the way up to her chest, and I don't think that's right. I don't think it's fair, and I don't see any reason why any woman should wear a protector. Uh, that's that's for men. That's not for women. But they use that to protect themselves against body shots. And uh, if she wears that, then I got to give it to Cedarus if she's allowed to wear that. Do you feel the same, Lupi? Because I mean, there's, it is something that is not seen. That kind, I've seen that protector. She used it against Alicia Napoleon. The only other time that we've seen her uh, in the United States, and um, it's not very um, common. Usually, what I've seen yeah. from females is they just use those plastic cups. And they put them in their top, um, but but I seen that one where they where they kind of like strap it in the back, kind of like a big protective bra. So I don't know if yeah, there's a rule fair. against those. Do you do they use those in the amateurs or do they use the cups? No, I don't think they use. No, they don't use them. I've never seen them in amateurs. Yeah. And that's just, it, it makes it, when you say it like that, David, just makes it seem unfair. But I'm sure Franchon already knows that, so she'll be working on how to counterbalance that. I think this is a great fight. I mean, you got Franchon Cruz with her amateur background, gets a little wild. And then you have no. Erin, who, she's a rower, or, I mean, she's strong, very strong. Like she, yeah. If it wasn't for the ropes, she would put Alicia on the, on the house. I love this fight. I just think it's well-deserved by Franchon. She's hung in there for so long, and, you know, here we are. I just, I'm really excited about this, and I really hope you guys go. Yeah, well, we'll be following this uh, fight card uh, throughout the next three months. It's actually almost like nearly three months ago, three months away, So, but we'll be following it and seeing um, if there's any updates as far as um, – you know, hopefully everybody stays COVID-free and, and, and injury-free so that we can actually see it on April on April 30th. Now, with the rumor that Top Rank is looking to counter-program the Taylor Serrano fight on, on April 30th with their own unification fight between world champion Shakur Stevenson versus Oscar Valdez, uh, Bob Arum again put his foot in his mouth regarding female boxing. It's not the first time when he stated, and I quote, I mean, as good as a fight as Taylor Serrano is, come on. You know, whatever reason it is, people don't particularly pay attention to uh, women's fights. The answer is ESPN made the schedule and they couldn't care less. I don't want to denigrate the fight. I don't want to be accused of being anti-woman in sports. But I'm telling you, this is like the Premier League against women's football. So, with that said, Lupi, and the fact that he's Mikael Mayer's promoter, and the fact that, I mean, I don't know if it's Bob Arum's choice to put her on the international commentary with Christina Poncher, two women, actually, but I don't know if it's him or Todd DeBuff or somebody else in the, uh, in the company. But with that said, if you were Mikael Mayer, what would you be thinking? I haven't seen her, and I don't know if you have because you – you kind of comb social media as much as I do. Um, I haven't seen Michaela Mayer like 
make respond to that or anything like that. Have you? And if not, yeah, actually, you... I just saw it today. Okay, what, what, and what I'll did send she say? it to you later. So she said that you know, I mean, she has a look on her face like just kind of bummed about it. Um, she says, you know, she spent four years with them. It's been a great four years. She fought the main event on ESPN. She has two world titles. You know, she's in the UK now. I mean, and like she said, his words are confusing. And that's hmm. exactly what she said. I'll send it to you. And David, you know, from the panel here, you, you're obviously the most experienced um, journalist here and have had, um, you know, the most time with Bob Arum. I mean, Bob Arum, we know his story. He's been a promoter since the late 60s, you know, legendary promoter. Do you think this is just him kind of downplaying the Taylor Serrano fight so that they could be more? Go ahead. Well, he always, he's a very conservative person. He does, he never, uh, um, he always expects less, not more. So from that standpoint, of course, he's going to see the Serrano Taylor fighters less than it is. But in actuality, it's a very, very big fight. And uh, mm-hmm. Oscar Valdez and Shakur Stevenson is a very good fight, but I don't think it, it has as much um, international appeal as, as uh, Serrano and Katie Taylor. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't think, see, Aram has to be, he's a, he's a kind of person that you have to show him first. Mm. He, he's not good at predicting. But he's you. If you show him, then he'll believe it. But that's he's like a he's like from Missouri. You got to show me. <laughs> <laughs> show me state. But uh, you know. But one thing, just to play a little bit of devil's advocate, since I love to do that here on the show. If you're a boxing fan that doesn't particularly care for women's boxing, then you're not going to care about Taylor Serrano, and you're really going to look towards Shakur Stevenson against Oscar Valdez because that one in itself is a great fight. I mean, it's a two undefeated world oh, yeah. champions. You know, one's American, one's Mexican, American style, Mexican style. You know, Valdez has Eddie Reynoso in his corner, you know, so on and so forth. Um, the way that Stevenson talks and all that. Um, you know, if you're, not a, if you're not a female boxing fan, you're not really going to care about Taylor Surround. It doesn't matter how big the fight is, even in how historic it is. I mean, it's a main event on the zone from Madison Square Garden for all the marbles in, uh, at lightweight between the number one, between the disputed either one or two against the number three on all the list pound for pound. I mean, it doesn't get any better than that. I mean, we haven't seen that in the male side probably since, you know, Tyson Fury against Deontay Wilder, and it wasn't a unification fight. It wasn't an undisputed unification fight. Or uh, maybe uh, Canelo Alvarez against Triple G, which, again, was not yeah. a, a unifi- undisputed unification fight. So that's how big that fight is. But if you don't, if you don't like female boxing and you don't follow it, you're not going to care. But one thing that Shakur Stevenson has said in his post, in his, in his social media, is that if it can be done, to stagger the start time so that boxing fans can watch both fights. So he's actually, you know, throwing in his hat in support of the Taylor against Serrano. Um, Moving on to uh, the next note here, the unified 130-pound world champion who we just mentioned, WBO, IBF, Michaela Mayer, recently announced in her social media that this year, 2022, will be her last in the super featherweight division. And she actually stated on her social media, and I quote, this is my last year at 130. It's time for me to move to move up. Taking a fight in April while I wait for Choi versus Baumgartner. When I outbox the shit out of Baum for Undisputed, <laughs> I would love to defend against Pursun, but only we get the ball rolling. This is all doable in one year. So despite the fact that her promoter is saying that people don't care about women's boxing, Michaela Mayer has her whole year planned out, and if he, she could make it happen, you know, she would be the undisputed 130-pound champion. What do you think of her, of her plan, Lupi? 
I, well, like she says, if she can make the weight, why not take the division? You know, then, and she also said then she could take the 135, you know, go 135 as the champion and make some, make that money. Mm-hmm. I, I just love that Michaela just wants to fight. Now, David, do you think that even though they love to go back and forth on social media, and that's something that Michaela Mayer does, it doesn't matter who she faces, she really likes to go back and forth with her <laughs> opponents and all the other girls in her division. So do you think the fact that she thinks that she would be fighting Baumgartner for the undisputed title, and with Baumgartner looking to face Hume Choi, you think that's her way of saying that she sees Baumgartner as her biggest threat at 130 pounds? Um, I'm not sure. That's, that's a good question. I, I'm not sure if that's what she perceives, but uh, I know that she's ready for whatever. You know, Michaela's always a gung-ho for whatever. Just to, she, She's willing to prove that she's undisputed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I just think that she's saying that I think that she's kind of predicting that Baumgartner is going to beat Choi because she's saying that she's going to fight Baumgartner for the undisputed. But I kind of, I kind of like the idea of her winning the undisputed title and then still wanting to stay there at least to defend it one time and not only against any fighter but against a very tough fighter, a fighter that we've seen probably give uh, before April thirtieth, Kerry Taylor's best fights in Delphine Pursuit. But obviously there is some concern regarding her and her testing, and that would be something if Michaela Mayer would go after her and try to get her tested. Oh, yeah. They should. Now, before we move on to the upcoming calendar, I know there's some kind of amateur tournament uh, going on in Louisiana or somewhere. Uh, Lupi, why don't you tell us a little bit about what's going on out there and what can we – Oh, look for it if we decided to get on online and, and look for it. Oh, okay. So what it is is it's it's what I was talking about today, right? Yeah, like what you've been posting on your social media that that tournament. No, no, no. The, the, is um, it nationals or what's going on out there? Oh, right now. Okay, right now it's the little. So it's the um, it's the national silver glove. So these are for the sixteen and younger. Mm. So they're all in Independence, Missouri. You know, it's a it's a small national for the girls. I mean, they have the list. They're the ton unopposed. There's not that many girl fights, and there are so many girl little girl amateurs, but they're just not. It, it's not as organized. But there's some beautiful brawlers that are there, and they and we'll see how they uh, how they do. So it's a little. But what there's also this WBC amateur. Um, it's Tom Loeffler. So he has a girl, um, Chantel Navarro, who I think she's ranked number two now in the U.S. And, and David, you might know some about this, too. So she's bringing back that Montebello fight. Uh, she had fought for the WBC amateur against um, a beautiful brawler, and then she won. And now they have another one, Navarro versus Trejo. I don't know who this Trejo is, this amateur is, David. Do you? Or do you know what I'm talking about? I think you're on mute, David. Are you on mute, David? But that's just what I was talking about. It's Tom Loeffler's, um He has his pro-am, and he started throwing in the WBC amateur. And his girl won, and now he's bringing it back March 17th. And that's going to be in Montebello, uh, Quiet Canyon. David was on Is that a... Is that a one-day tournament? Yeah, it's just a one-day. I think it's a pro-am. So they'll have the pro fights, and then they they threw in this um, WBC amateur. Ah. Well, what was the name of that fighter, uh, Lucy, that you want to ask David about? So, hey, David, so Tom Loeffler's throwing that fight night. It's quite candy in the pro-am, and he's going to throw the WBC amateur. And Chantel Navarro is his girl. There's a girl she's fighting Trejo. They don't say her last name. I don't know who she is. Do you? Um, yeah, uh, I do know her name. I can't. Re- I can't remember her name though. I, I know the last name is Trejo, but uh, I can't remember the first name. Yeah, when you think of it, send it to me. But that's what's going on there. Well, there you yeah, have it, folks. A little bit of a. 
little bit of a amateur update with that uh silver is it was it silver gloves from uh Independence yeah it's Missouri? silver gloves there yeah, you go so let's go up to the upcoming calendar fairly quickly before we do that just to remind you our next show is scheduled for february 17th we'll be talking about all these fights that are happening in the next couple of weeks any news that might come up in female boxing and as well we'll try to have a good um interview with you guys giving thanks to carla torres who was with us here on our show uh tonight uh so saturday february 5th from this saturday coming up on sky in the uk and i believe it's on fight tv fight.tv here in the united states pay-per-view clarissa shields goes out to uh england for the first time as far as a professional she was there as an amateur where she won the gold medal and she takes on fellow undefeated Emma Cozian in a 10-rounder at 160 pounds. This is for the WBC, WBA, IBF, and WBF world titles. Uh, the idea here is that Shields, who signed a two-fight deal with Boxer, which is a fairly new promotional company out there in England, is that if she wins this fight against Emma Cozian, who is very decorated in her own right, she would face Savannah Marshall, sometime later this year and Shields has not discarded the fact that she will be back to MMA re- despite suffering her first loss there. So also on the same card is a younger sister of uh, what's the guy's name? His first name, I think is David, David Dubois. Her name is Car- Caroline Dubois. She'll be making her pro debut, I believe against Vida Masio Kaire in a four rounder at 135 pounds. So that is, this Saturday on Fight TV in the United States. I think it's a pay-per-view. I'm not exactly sure how much the pay-per-view is. And also from Phoenix, Arizona on The Zone, Jamie Mitchell, the newly crowned WBA 118-pound champion. She will be defending that title for the first time against Harley Skelly in a scheduled 10-rounder. And on Saturday, February 12th, from London in England on The Zone, Ely Scottney will take on Georgelina Guanini in a 10-rounder at 122 pounds for the vacant WBA Intercontinental title. So that is our schedule for the next couple of weeks. Our next show here is scheduled for February 17th, where we'll be talking about these fights and much, much more. So with that said, on behalf of Mrs. Lupe Gutierrez, Mr. David Avila, and myself, Felipe Leon, we bid you good night. Good night, everybody. Good night. Good night.